Good evening and welcome to the Coaches Show with Concordia University St. Paul head football coach Shannon Curry. A weekly inside look at Golden Bears football. Now let's join your host for the Coaches Show, Wally Langfellow. And welcome to the Coaches Show. Wally Langfellow with you along with Concordia St. Paul Golden Bears head football coach Shannon Courier. Well, Coach, um, a tough loss at the hands of a very good Minnesota State Mankato team last weekend uh, for your homecoming at Seafoam Stadium. Um, the game was tied 7-7 late in the third quarter. Uh, you end up losing the football game 25-15. What went wrong down the stretch there that uh, prevented you guys from picking up that victory? Well, I think it starts really in the game. We had you know two opportunities inside of 25 where we couldn't get touchdowns. We just weren't efficient or effective connecting. You know, when we had opportunities there, and we had two field goals blocked um, off the edge of our double wing protection. Um, they have a very good guy that's their punt returner, also corner, and and apparently he's also a very good um, guy to block kicks off the edge of of uh, field goal, you know, field goal protection schemes. And we just we moved our foot, our feet. Um, our wings to create a little bit uh, a shorter edge for him. And he was, he timed it up perfectly and had two blocks to begin the game. You know, otherwise, you know, who knows what happens. Um, but ultimately we just didn't get the ball in the end zone enough. We failed to, you know, convert some plays where we had opportunities and uh, we had them pinned up a couple of times. We couldn't keep them pinned up. And as they moved to midfield, that just flipped the field position. So just a combination of those sort of things where we, we weren't able to convert when we really needed to, and we weren't able to, you know, I guess, create any turnovers. We had a turnover in the late in the game too. Um, and anytime you lose the turnover battle, you're really, you know, you're really putting yourself at a, at a disadvantage to win games. And then they also had 12 explosive plays, you know, compared to our four. You know, those are two components that, that you look at and, and oftentimes determining the winner. Um, you know, we had more first downs than them. We had more yards than them. But it comes also down to, you know, scoring more points than the opponent. We just didn't get that done. You guys did roll up 189 yards on the ground. Um, Jalen Richardson had 81 of those on 18 carries. Um, were you pleased with the way you were able to run the football? Yeah, I liked how we ran the ball. I thought we ran the ball well. But, again, we, we want to, you know, I guess, make that running uh, production and turn that into points. And that's, that's our, really our next step is to you know, just have more momentum plays that swings the momentum our way and, you know, to stack some successes, you know, score twice in a row, um, you know, after a score, maybe create a turnover. You know, so just as a team, we need, to, we need to get the ball in the end zone more so by, you know, by making big plays, um, you know, more than we are. But I thought we ran the ball well. I think our average is pretty strong. Uh, we busted one for, you know, 32 for our first score. And, um, you know, I feel like we can run the football against anybody in the league for sure. Um, Minnesota State had one of the top uh, special teams players in the nation, as a matter of fact. Trey Vauvel, um was averaging, I think it was like 25 yards per return, punt return, which made him 11th in the nation. Um, looked like you guys did a pretty good job of um, – of uh, bottling him up on that and, and your special teams were able in that respect anyway, obviously you, you can't be pleased with the, with the block kicks, but at the same time, you got to be happy with uh, being able to bottle him up on four different punts. 
Absolutely. He was the guy that blocked the two kicks. Um, same guy. But yes, we had a great plan for him going to the game. You know, first off, our quarterback had a couple of quick kicks that we were able to execute, um, which both of them rolled down inside the five. And then uh, our punter had a great punt, 40 yards out of bounds, had you know, 40 yards downfield, which was outstanding. And then we had a real, we were able to execute a high punt, a sky punt where he, he had to fair catch it, um, which was also great. And then there was one return. We missed four tackles and he got 12 yards. But um, that was a part of the game we were definitely pleased with, uh, the challenge going to the game. And we, we thought if we could, you know, if we could win that phase of the game, um, you know, we'd have a great chance to come out successful. We just, we weren't able to take that success from that unit and you know, parlay that to tell their good play in other units. You mentioned that you, you quick kick twice with uh, Connor Quartz. Um, what is the strategy there? When did you do it and why do you do it? Well, the quick, the quick kick looks like an offense formation. Your quarterback's still on the field. You're, you're lined up in an offense formation. We had two tight ends and two receivers uh, to the same, two, two receivers the same side. So they didn't know if we were going for it or not. It was fourth and maybe one and a half, two, um, the first time we attempted. And because of it's an offense formation, they keep their defense on the field and they don't put the return man right. um, you know, back. So uh, the quarterback's. Uh, Connor has a knack when he punts the ball, it rolls while he kicks it end over end. And uh, when it, you know, we had two receivers get down the field to cover the punt on the, or the kick, a punt on the, maybe the one or two yard line, I think initially. And then the second time we did the same thing, um, but they were off sides. Their corner was over the line of scrimmage. So we were able to get a first down on the second punt he had that also went to the one. Um, but again, just keeps our return men off the field. And uh, they're not set up to return the punt because they're concerned about an offensive play um, being executed. And it worked real well for us on Saturday. And, and I guess by and good explanation of, um, you know, situationally what you do. Um, do you ever think about doing that in a third and long situation? Or is that strictly something where you're fourth and short and you're and again, you're trying to keep their punt unit off the field? You know, we haven't thought about that on third long. You know, you're you're hopefully in a position where you have some play better than that that could get you the first down. Maybe it's a screen or maybe, you know, you, you throw the ball behind blockers. Um, you execute a double move. You know, it's there's other plays designed maybe for the third and 20. There's not many, there's not many, many very many plays certainly that, that you can count on in that situation. But we, we have not uh, tried to kick one of our downs away. Um, but you, you know, I've seen teams that do that and that's, that could be a possible strategy depending on you know, the situation of the game and the score and the, you know, what quarter you might be in. Um, so it's never out of the question if, if that could be done or not. Uh, you were able to limit them, uh, to, uh, quarterback Camden Dean. He only completed seven of 16 for a hundred yards. Um, obviously he had two passing touchdowns. Um, but, uh, the fact that you were able to limit their offense tells me that you did some good things defensively even though uh, you didn't win the football game. Yeah, we definitely played better um, than we had the week before. There was, you know, just a lot more clean play. We played faster. You know, the, the one touchdown, we had a guy slip. You know, we knew what was coming. They run a, a tight end throwback uh, play that they, they run effectively, you know, throughout the last bunch of years. And the, the linebacker covering him just fell down as he was trying to cover him. Um, at a different time, we didn't get we didn't have our eyes in the right spot, and they had three tight ends to the same side. 
um, th- three different levels and the, and the third, the deep level tight end at the back of the end zone was free, but, but overall we did play pretty well on defense. You know, there was a few times we'd like to have, you know, kept them from moving the ball to midfield. We had them pinned up. That's the next phase. Uh, we made some, we had less checks for our defense backfield this past game, which allowed our guys to play faster. And I, I do believe we're trending upward. You know, we're getting better every week. Uh, we had a couple of guys, you know, come back from injury. Um, and I still think our best is in front of us, and we're just excited about another opportunity going to Bemidji this weekend. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to a couple of your players. Uh, Jack Musterberger and Gabe Flomo are going to join us, and then when you and I rejoin a little bit later in the show, we will talk about uh, Bemidji State and your 2 o'clock kickoff Saturday afternoon in Bemidji. We are talking to head coach Shannon Courier here on the Coaches Show, back with more after this timeout. Stay with us. If you're ready to continue your story with an online degree, Concordia University St. Paul can help you get there. We have the flexible, affordable programs you need to take your next step. We're dedicated to creating successful professionals who can succeed in the workplace so you can be sure you'll graduate with the tools for ongoing career success. Your To Be Continued starts at Concordia. Learn more about our programs today at mycspstory.com. That's mycspstory.com. We're listening to The Coach's Show with Golden Bears head football coach, Shannon Courier. And The Coach's Show continues along. We are joined now by a couple of head coach Shannon Courier's players, Gabe Floor Flomo and Jack Munster-Tiger. Uh, Gabe Floor, you're from Fridley, of course, going to high school at Totino Grace, and Jack from Buffalo. So we got a couple of Minnesota guys here. We'll start with you, Gabe Floor, coming in from uh, the University of Kansas, uh, I guess question number one, what was your intrigue uh, to come to uh, Concordia St. Paul from uh, Division One Kansas? Honestly, coming to Concordia, like, uh, like what I was like intrigued about it more, it was like the brotherhood and how the guys kind of like uh, welcomed me in. Uh, like Coach C and the coaching staff, I, I felt like they're the best fit for me and like uh, my future as well. And like, the thing about our, like, the biggest theme I've been having, like, with Concordia is, like, it's more God-led. So, it's, like, we're all about our faith. So, it's, like, that's what kind of, like, uh, interests me as well. Uh, how difficult has it been um, not winning a football game yet this year? Um, although, it's like, like, wins and losses, you, you like, you always got to continue, like, to move on. But, like, it, it's, it's been a little bit, like, not frustrating but it's like I've seen like kind of like some flashes from the guys so it's like we've been taking a lot of like losses as like learning curves so it's like we've been stacking days up and trying to learn from our mistakes um Jack talk to me about the uh, transition from being a high school football player to uh playing at the division two level um as a wide receiver uh yeah obviously the game's a lot faster um playing at a high school Minnesota and then coming here, you kind of think you're one of the big dogs, but um, you get humbled very fast. Um, it took me like three solid years to really get um, some serious play time. I think the biggest uh, transition is just learning how to play at a different speed and then um, just playing with body control. Like a lot of these guys are um, really, really great athletes, and you kind of have to find a, a niche uh, thing you're good at to really um, put yourself above some of the, some of the guys here so definitely playing at a different speed for sure and, and I know both you guys play alongside and, and with uh Jalen Richardson on the offensive side of the ball tell me what he means to this offense Jack yeah um 
he's he's that guy that can always make that that next play. Um, I know for me as a receiver, I have to be ready to block until I hear the whistle because you never know if he's going to break that next tackle or um, you know where he's going to run the ball. He might he might you know take an edge and come your way. So he's he's been a big piece for us and he's been a, a good vocal leader as well. Gayflor, when you were at um, Totino, I know you I know you got a lot of opportunities to run the football. Um, and you certainly have taken advantage of some of those opportunities at Concordia this year, but uh, looks to me like you're getting some uh, chances on special teams and you've been able to make a, a, you know, an impact there. How important is it to be flexible like that and to let coaches know that, hey, whatever it takes? Honestly, it's, uh, it's key because it's like I want to put my, uh, the team in the position of, like, to win and like, honestly, like, whatever I can do to help out the team. I'm, I'm all for it. And uh, special teams is, man, like you've seen it in like in the NFL, like how important, like how like the kickoff team can be like the most important like part of the game. And like that impact is like, is crazy good. Cause it's like, you got to win on all three faces and being able to contribute on special teams can mean the world and like get you the league if you want. Do you guys, do you feel like you guys put, give enough attention to a special team because you know, I, I know in high school, you, you may not have the time to do that. But um, as you just said, you got to win all three phases of the game. I and mean, you guys had a couple of kicks blocked. You know, that type of thing can't happen if you expect to win football games. Am I right? Now, uh, yeah, you are right. Uh, those type of things can't happen. But uh, Coach Monk has a good, like a great plan. And like, honestly, he's probably one of the best uh, special team coaches I like have over my time playing. And I feel very confident in him. Jack, uh Tell me about um, why you chose Concordia and what you're studying at uh, Concordia St. Paul. Yeah, uh, I chose Concordia. It was it was close to home. Um, the culture just seemed right for me. Uh, I remember when I first walked into my first uh, game visit and all the coaches knew me by first name. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so just having like that, that tight-knit community where guys like genuinely care about you kind of meant a lot to me. And then having the opportunity to um, you know, work and seek good employment while I'm playing was also kind of important to me. I knew I couldn't get the um, the same exposure to the workforce that I could at, you know, uh, or I couldn't get that same experience somewhere else like Bemidji or Minot or those other places that, that talked to me. So um, being here was very big for that as well. Um, and then I'm currently studying finance. Uh, I'm set to graduate this winter and hopefully begin my MBA program in the next couple of years. And Gay Floor, tell me, uh, tell me about what you're studying at Concordia. So right now at Concordia, I'm a business. I'm getting my MBA, and uh, I'm kind of wanting to use that for like marketing, like to be like a chief marketing officer one day. But uh, honestly, coming to Concordia and studying like the business program is probably one of the best, to be honest. And- um, okay, uh, Bemidji this week. Uh, this, your schedule has not been easy, and, and uh, obviously, you, you guys know that as well as anybody. Um, coach just mentioned that you, you had one of the toughest schedules in the nation so far. Uh, you don't want to use that as an excuse, but uh, what's it going to take to beat Bemidji on Saturday, Gay Floor? I think uh, just honestly playing on all three faces and us coming together and uh, playing all four quarters, to be honest. And Jack, um, same question to you, but um, is there, do you guys need to have a balance of, um, you know, being able to run and pass the football, do you think, to, to beat this Bemidji team? Yeah, I think um, that's going to be a, a 
you know, a big stressor for us this week. They've, they've got a great team. Um, I think what's really going to push us uh, to get the win would be just clock management and offense, um, you know, giving time for our defense to rest and, you know, recoup and at the same time score um, and then play really good special teams football. That's going to kind of give us, you know, the upper hand um, on, on the road. All right, guys. Well, good luck on Saturday. We hope to talk to you again uh, before this season ends, and uh, we will uh, we will get together then. All right. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Wally. Appreciate it. They are Gator Flomo and Jack Munster Tiger right here on Minnesota Score Radio's Coaches Show. We'll be back with head coach Shannon Courier for our final segment after this timeout. Stay with us. Gold Bear fans, did you know that this Coaches Show, along with our CSP Bears podcast, is available to subscribe in iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio? The CSP Bears podcast is a new way to get people behind the scenes in Concordia Athletics and is generally available on Thursday afternoons. And the Coaches Show will be available on the pod late Friday evening or early Saturday morning. Just search CSP Bears for our weekly podcast and Coaches Show. Now back to the Coaches Show with Wally Langfellow and Golden Bears head football coach Shannon Courier. And we continue along here on the Coaches Show with head coach Shannon Courier. I'm Wally Langfellow. Um, coach, uh, Bemidji State, 3-2 and two on the season. Uh, they've had a couple of very difficult losses, close losses. Um, this again, I mean, you look at this schedule and there, there really is, uh, there's no let up at all. Is there, this is again, one of the top four or five teams in the conference yet they're three and two. Absolutely. I mean, we, we've had a really good schedule. Somebody told me not that it matters much, but somebody told me we had the second hardest schedule in the country in division two, oh, um, you know, just, just, uh, I don't know how they you know, figure that out. That's somebody wasting a lot of time probably, but. You know, what has taught us is we're really a lot better on our record. We, we're competitive. We've played some of the best teams already. I think we've been battle-tested. I believe the, the, the games prior to now have, have helped us get to where we're at. We seem to keep getting better. Our players have maintained a great attitude. We believe we can beat anybody that, we, that we're going to play. Um, you know, obviously we have to have things go our way and we can't turn the ball over and we can't blow assignments. Uh, but I think we have what it takes to, you know, win this next game or any game uh, we just have to put it you know put that into play the teams we played um, right now are 21 and 4 and the teams that we have left are 10 and 20 you know so it just gives you a little bit of information about the uh, you know the games that we had so far and we're, we're just excited about I guess another opportunity to take them one at a time and our goal this week is to, to be our best on Saturday against Bemidji State and uh, you know try to respond to each situation within the game and run the football and, and play sound ball and and hopefully come out of Bemidji to win. All right, tell me about Bemidji. What do they do well? Uh, let's start with the offense. What do they look like? What do they run? Well, they have a Harlan Hill candidate at quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks, you know, in the in the country in Division II. Brandon Alt, um, he's he's phenomenal. They have a couple of good receivers that have been playing with him a long time. In fact, one of his high school teammates from Park Hodge Grove uh, is his top receiver as well. Uh, just a good program. They've been winning. They have the tradition. They went to the playoffs last year. Um, you know, I think a lot of times when you, you know, have that belief that you're going to be successful and expectation, you know, that certainly helps uh, teams that have that. And, you know, we're trying to get ourselves into that groove. Um, but I think they run the football and they throw it really well. And um, they've been a high-powered offense or a number one offense in the league at this point in time. So definitely a real challenge. 
uh, to defend them this week. And um, we need to run the football and take time off the clock and score points on offense to help our defense. How do they line up defensively? What do they like to do there? They're they're four three defense, but a lot of man coverage. They're aggressive. They play fast. Um, you know they they've been really solid in games. Um, but I, I expect us to move the ball, and we have to you know like like we've been trying to do and need to, needed to do better is to convert the rushing production into touchdowns and, and maybe create bigger plays. You know scoring from you know outside to twenty five. Um, you know so we're looking to try to take advantage of that man coverage. And then also, you know, just make sure that we're uh, feeding our running backs. We have three of them, you know, in our program that we really like a lot. And we need to give those guys more opportunities to run the football. Let's talk some off the field stuff. It seems like recruiting never ends. Um, what happens during the season? How are you able to, what do you do to, to watch, um, you know, potential players that you might uh, be recruiting for next year and, and so on and, and are do some of them come and watch your games and how does that all work while you're trying to win football games and and, and uh, practice during the season yeah that's the challenge the time that you have is limited obviously because you're putting a lot of your time into preparing for games and evaluating your own team and finding ways to improve uh, but it's a constant thing you know some former coaches said at one point recruiting's like shaving if you don't do it every day you look bad um, and it's above hmm. your program. Uh, we do a lot of that evaluation in the spring. So last uh, spring and this summer, we watch a lot of those current seniors now, you know, from their junior video. Uh, we've had kids on campus, you know, throughout the summer, throughout the spring. Each game they visit, you know, we've had between 25 and 40 players, you know, come to a game. We don't get to spend as much time with those guys during that time because obviously we're in, uh, game day mode, uh, but they get to see the campus, meet some players, meet parents. Uh, we talk about our process a little bit more, give more information about our program. And then ultimately after the season in December, typically is when we have official visits and that's when it really hits home. I guess you try to get your best prospects on campus for those official visits. You talk finances with them and, you know, break that down. Um, and if, if it's a good match, like what we have is what they're looking for, then, then obviously we're going to be successful at recruiting that young man to, to Concordia St. Paul. We, we have a lot to offer here. Uh, we think, you know, CSP is a place to be. We have a lot of great programs, a lot of great people. Um, and we, we, are developing a culture. I think that kids want to be a part of, and um, you know, that's, that's an everyday process, obviously to, to continue to strengthen the culture we have. And uh, we're always looking for, you know, kids out there that, that fit that more that want to be great. Um, so we're constantly having, you know, communication with high school coaches and other people about kids going to Friday night football games and evaluating kids and seeing them, you know, making time to call kids throughout the week. You know, it's something we do, too. So it's it's definitely a lot of a lot of time. But again, you have to do that to, to be able to get better. Are you personally able to go and watch some Friday night games or does your coaching staff fan out? How, how exactly does that work? Yeah, we, we all kind of go to different territories. You know, we split up the Twin Cities amongst our staff. So each one of our coaches on staff has a certain area of the Twin Cities being that's home for us. Um, so, you know, we go out to our schools that we're overseeing and, and watch guys that, you know, we believe are prospects for us and try to build relationships and show them that we're interested in uh, them. And, you know, that's a big part, too, is to show the kids make the commitment in the relationship, you know, it can be a transactional relationship, but they have to see that, that we truly want them here. 
um, and we're willing to help them grow as, as men, uh, help them get a great education, and certainly accomplish their goals on a football field too. Um, one last question for you, a little bit off the beaten path, but um, the NIL, name, image, and licensing, obviously has become a factor at the Division One level. Have you seen it all at Division Two, and or do you expect it to creep into Division Two if, if you haven't seen it yet? We haven't seen that yet at the Division Two level. It wouldn't surprise me if it's you know if it happens at some point, um, but it's it's a lot harder than what we think it is. I mean, you know, there's certain universities that have the connections that spend a lot of money but you know i think even like the university of minnesota you know relatively speaking it's really hard to come up with the funds that's going to allow you know a school to pay for to pay for a prospect it's it's just another element that you have to have and you, you know it's division two it's there's not businesses calling us saying hey we'd like to pay your player you know money for representing us um you know our business on on social media or you know, uh, or however they wanted to use it. But we may have a couple of guys that get a T-shirt for something, but, you know, there's there's no one that's uh, making big big money with that at this point in time. Yeah. But, but it's, a, it's a big factor in Division One football, that's for sure. I mean, there's – I know you're seeing my, uh, Miami. I think it was Miami that has a really good program in place, a guy that's, you know, paying a lot of money for prospects. And, you know, we're talking millions of dollars for a quarterback prospect recently. Um, and, and I know, you know, recruits these days are looking for that. That's part of what they're looking for when they make the division, division one decision is yes. what school can pay them more. And obviously I think the NCAA has to get, get some sort of control and, and figure out what's best going forward. But right now it seems to be, you know, really challenging uh, for everybody and, you know, might create an on un, an unfair, um, you know, competitive advantage for some, and it's going to be interesting to see how it continues on i'm glad we don't have to deal with it here <laughs> i guess that was the point of the question <laughs> well yeah. good um coach appreciate your time good luck at bemidji and uh we will see you at seafoam stadium uh, a week from saturday i appreciate it as well thank you all right he is head coach shannon courier of the golden bears of concordia st paul you've been listening to the coaches show thanks for listening and have a good night everybody You've been listening to The Coaches Show with Concordia University's St. Paul head football coach, Shannon Courier. Be sure to tune in each week throughout the season as we review and preview Golden Bears football right here on Minnesota Score Radio. We'll see you next time.